0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Accessible Theology. In today's episode, we have a re-release of a conversation that Michael and I had a few months back on the question, what is heresy? Uh, We did this because uh, we think it is an important question for us to consider. Uh, It's a word that's oftentimes thrown around a lot in discussions, but oftentimes it's, it's used incorrectly. So we wanted to have this conversation to help us understand a little bit better, what is heresy? And Just remember, we are re-releasing some of our old episodes as we take time to prepare for the series through the I Am statements in the Gospel of John. Those episodes are scheduled to, to drop October the 6th, and so we would uh, appreciate if you would uh, keep, <laughs> keep listening, keep engaged, uh, waiting for those new episodes as we re-release some of these old ones and have some of them come up as we think they are important Uh, But look out for the new ones coming soon. Uh, We appreciate that you listen. But now, without further ado, let's jump right on into our conversation.
1: Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And the Apostle Paul writes this. But even if we, and by we he means an apostle. So he says, but even if an apostle or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. And that word accursed literally could be said damned to hell. So very strong language. And then Paul cl- closes by saying this, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So Aaron, strong words here from Paul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thinking about heresy, how would you define how to think through this matter?
0: Well, I think... Based on the the strong language that he's using, um, I mean, I think we're free to use strong language as well. And so in a nutshell, I think what Paul is saying is if, if it's contrary to the gospel, then not only is it wrong, but it's dangerously wrong in the sense that it is a teaching that if believed is going to usher your soul into hell. Um, and And so heresy, I think, is something that if you are to continue in, if you continue believing uh, this particular doctrine, this particular teaching, it's something that will disqualify you from salvation. Uh, it's something that that will keep you from um, entering into heaven. It's something that will uh, keep you from rightly being considered, a Christian. Uh, so that's, I think, I think that's how we should use the word heresy, not just, not just as something to say, oh, that person's wrong. They're a heretic. I think it's much, much weightier
1: than that. Okay. So disagreement doctrinally does not equal heresy. So no. yeah, that's, that's a significant thing to say. So a, a good guide to kind of work through these that we've come across and we want to, commend to you to think through these categories better is uh i believe it was started by dr moeller our president so, in yeah. being coined and it's used much in evangelicalism and i think for good reason it's called the theological triage and uh, the word the word triage is a french word from what i understand mm-hmm. it was used in their emergency rooms and essentially you know to Use an analogy. If someone comes in with a broken leg and someone else has a broken nose, they're probably going to deal with the leg first because the broken leg is more serious. If it's not dealt with sooner, it would cause much more damage potentially long term. Mm-hmm. And so, there's an urgency and a priority. We'd say that if, this needs to be dealt with first. And so, Dr. Mueller takes that idea of uh, triage in a uh, emergency room and says we should apply that to theological matters. And so, he has the first, second and third level issues the first level is what we call the essential or central doctrines of the faith things that if you disagree with someone on these things you would say that this person does not know christ and is separate from the gospel so these are crucial matters these would be things like for example we'd say justification by faith alone um or even cr- the exclusivity of christ mm-hmm, we would say. Mm-hmm. so. these are things if you disagree here we can't count you a christian yeah a uh, second level then on the other hand we would say is related m- not to essential matters but important matters important enough that if you disagree on the second level you won't be a part of the same church with people this would be something like female preachers or it would even potentially be you know presbyterians and baptists comes to mind or even presbyterianist mm-hmm. and continuists typically if you disagree on those matters you'll probably go to a different church. you think that this person is still a believer. Like I count, I have a lot of good Presbyterian friends, but I won't go to the same church as them because our disagreement is significant enough that um, because it's second level that we can't participate together in the local church. Then that third level of theological triage is more minor disagreements. This doesn't mean unimportant. Right. It doesn't mean <laughs> your opinions don't matter, but what it means is you can disagree and still be a part of the same local church. So es- eschatology views really comes to mind quickly. Potentially, even whether you're an old Earth creationist or a young Earth creationist, mm-hmm. you could be put in this third category. Um, these are views where you can disagree with them, in, in good charity and biblical yeah. conviction, go to the same church together. So, uh, so sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your flow there. I just
0: kind of was, was thinking like the the first, second, third, first level separates Christianity from non Christianity. Second mm-hmm. level separates denominations yeah and third level separates um maybe not individuals but but peoples within specific churches do, do you think yeah. that yeah
1: yeah okay. that's helpful and you might even want to be a little more specific than denominations cuz some denominations yeah. i wouldn't even go to some sbc churches sure. Maybe sure. because calvinist arminian divide which sure. is a second level thing or something like, like so you so maybe even would separate some denominations, but yeah, I, I yeah. of course separates local churches. There, yeah. It's that significant okay. enough, but that's helpful. Yeah. Okay. So, so Aaron, with that kind of working model in mind um, first, second, and third level, then let's tease out kind of talk it out, you know, in live here, how to think through heresy, taking a doctrine, like, I don't know, you could either, you could just take, if you want to take the doctrine of hell mm-hmm. or maybe creationism, uh, something like that, and kind of work through what would you put first level with those categories, second level with those categories, third level, and how does that apply then to this conversation of heresy?
0: Yeah, that's and that's that's a really important question for us to consider. Um, so you mentioned specifically doctrine of hell and doctrine of creation. I think there are there are beliefs within each of those uh, that that we would have to say our first level and then there are i think beliefs that are also second level within within each of those i'll start with with second level so i think for creation in particular you can be a christian and um and say that uh the the viewpoint is called theistic evolution
1: or evolutionary creationism. Uh, yeah,
0: evolutionary creationism. You can rightly be considered a Christian and hold to that viewpoint. I would disagree with you. Only <laughs> two. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And and am not going to call you a heretic because you hold to that viewpoint. Um. However, within that within that camp. Uh, it is common for someone holding to a, a evolutionary uh, perspective to deny the existence, the, the real existence of Adam and Eve. Uh, and so they might just say, well, Adam and Eve were um, just kind of names that are given. Yeah. And, and, and so I would say that that is a first level issue uh, right. because, because of the connections that are made in, in Romans, in Hebrews, from the first Adam to the last Adam. And so if, if, if the first Adam is made up, imaginary, whatever you want to call it, then how are we to have confidence in the last Adam? And so I think those sort of things start to affect the message of the gospel. Uh, and as Paul said, if someone preaches you a, a, a gospel contrary to the one that we've preached to you, let him be accursed. Uh, and and so I I think there are there are specific things within each of those that we would need to to break down a little bit further to get to the core of those beliefs before we can say oh this person believes this therefore they're a heretic I think okay. we we can think through it a little more carefully than that
1: Yeah yeah no I I agree uh, because if you remove Adam as you said there's no gospel and we want to be clear that first level the main thing is as christians we need to prize and guard the gospel of jesus christ so for example with with adam and eve an, an evolutionary creationist would say well he believes that god used evolutionary processes to bring adam and eve along we strongly disagree with that we believe that the genesis 1 is clear that god created adam directly from the dust not through processes to bring that about however if he's believing in Adam and Eve, there's there's this uh, less the linchpin of the gospel from Adam to, to Christ from mm-hmm. in Romans 5 and in 1 Corinthians 15. So yeah, so mm-hmm. we want to be clear that the one is a strong disagreement so much so that I wouldn't want to be a pastor or even potentially allow members that would disagree with that right, in the local right. church depending on how severe, they how far they went with it. But I'm not questioning their faith unless they start telling me, I don't believe, I believe Adam and Eve is just a community yeah, and that yeah. it's being picked up in a metaphorical way. Well, right, right. There's much bigger problems there. Now we're entering into actual heresy. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and here's something, that, Aaron, want to hear your thoughts, potentially on this, whether you agree or not. Um, as we're thinking about heresy, Paul also mentions if an angel tells you something different. I think, I, I articulate that both um, Islam and Mormonism are Christian heresies. Second. Yeah. Uh, because an angel in both of those, with with the Muslim faith to the Prophet Muhammad, mm-hmm. and uh, in jo- the case of Joseph Smith, Mormonism, you have an angel, angel Moroni, bringing, yeah, <laughs> bringing a false gospel yeah. along. And you know, I have a tendency to believe that an angel actually went to them, but it wasn't the angel that you want to follow. <laughs> like yeah. this is demons that we that they have followed. So I think whether I maybe Gabriel and this other random angel that the the Mormons want to claim did come to these prophets mm-hmm. but this angel is accursed according to Paul yeah. in Galatians yeah. 1 and so we'd see that as a first level We see you know if you' if there is a Muslim or if there is a Mormon, they are a heretic mm-hmm. of, uh, from the, that is devolved from the Christian stream yeah. of yeah. thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, and I, I think that
0: um, I'm, I'm, I'm much more familiar with uh, Mormonism than I am Islam. But, but the gospel that is, quote unquote, gospel that is preached in Mormonism is directly contrary to the true gospel of Christianity. Second uh, Nephi twenty-five twenty-five is kind of the famous passage where it says, uh, "You are saved." by grace after all you can do and and that's I mean clearly a contradiction from the teaching of scripture and yeah. and so yeah exactly as paul says if 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 we or an angel from heaven should come to you and preach a different gospel let them be accursed and i I think that absolutely fits with with both of the examples that you brought up yeah yeah
1: so one last question here before we Close thinking through this matter of heresy, Aaron. Um, so you you connect heresy ultimately with someone not being saved and falling away from from the faith. Mm-hmm. Think the one thing Moeller said is if you disagree on a first level matter, it will eventually, if not already, indicate that you're going to leave the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, let Let's take an example of a second level disagreement, like annihilationism with hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like C.S. Lewis seem to have hold to it that they would say that it seems the most just thing for God to do is to eventually exterminate someone and that is the greatest punishment he could give not an eternal hell but like in an, this annihilationism view yeah. um, with that how would you in thinking through heresy address that so we would have to say it's unorthodox that doesn't mm-hmm. fit any orthodox understanding of the eternality of hell but does not standing in Orthodox Christianity necessarily make you a heretic? And how do you think through that? Yeah, again, I think
0: that's an important question. And the specific example that you're bringing up is, I think, going to be more and more important as we um, see maybe in the next five, ten years, because I think uh, the doctrine of hell in general is kind of coming under fire. Uh, Universalism is making a
1: big push, which will necessarily affect things like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So annihilationism in particular, again, I think is similar to creation uh, and viewpoints on creation where there could be aspects of it that would um, you would have to deny first level issues. uh, But but as a whole. uh, So you brought up C.S. Lewis, uh, John Stott as well. Um, mm-hmm. so like there are, there are heroes of the faith that we look to that, that would hold to annihilationism. I'm not sure if we've exactly defined it is that eventually after you've received enough punishment in hell for your sins, um, you cease to exist. You are annihilated from existence. And, and so I, I would say that that viewpoint is not necessarily heretical, but I would want to know why that person believes the way that they do, and and ask them questions about the justice of God, his his mm-hmm. mercy, his character, in order to to understand whether or not there are first level issues that are being um, denied in order mm-hmm. to to get to that viewpoint. Um, and so to think through that there would be a number of questions that I'd, I'd i'd want to ask such as um i mean do you believe god is eternal do you believe that his his justice is also perfect mm-hmm. and and is it is it just for god to punish sin eternally uh and and going on with some of some of those questions um but i think it, I, I don't want to say it depends, but um, I, we were talking beforehand that, that uh, if you are believing annihilationism, it's most likely that you are being inconsistent with the, the primary uh, understanding of, of the justice of God uh, and, and believing something that doesn't follow. It doesn't make sense from, from what you affirm in the first level. Uh, then coming to the second level. And and so there's this inconsistency that exists there. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I would think through it a little bit that way. I I, I don't know. Maybe you have a little more clarity to add
1: to that. Um, No, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think of the the reformed apologist Cornelius Mantell that quipped that men like C.S. Lewis were saved by their inconsistencies. And what he was getting at there was exactly what you're saying, is views like what Lewis took regarding hell we're inconsistent with the eternal justice of God. But what's interesting, just as I want to close with a quick, to, to differentiate what, how we'd work through this in a, with an example of two different people in history. I want to consider someone like a C.S. Lewis and someone like a Clark Pinnock, for example. Clark Pinnock's a very popular author within evangelicalism um, of late. And one of the things that he would argue is he would, he would ask the question, how could God punish someone forever because they didn't commit That much sin, right? So come that question. The way he's framing annihilationism when you read him is questioning the justice of God in in doling out punishment and meeting out justice for eternity. So I have a major problem with that because he's denying or at least questioning this first level issue. Whereas someone like C.S. Lewis is interesting when you read them on it. Lewis looked at it as the ultimate punishment that this person was was um, after they've received their, their due is ceasing to exist because they are so um, ag- that God is done with them and putting out. So it's interesting. I still think that's wrong. Yeah. But yeah. the way that Lewis is putting it forward is not questioning the justice of God. He sees the annihilationism as the highest form of retributive justice, mm-hmm. where I want to say, no, the eternal soul of someone will give an account eternally to God, whether it's in reconciliation or in judgment. Uh, so I'd have a different I, I want to argue that I think Lewis's view is actually uh, doesn't add up. It's impotent. And ultimately, however, I appreciate that even in him being wrong, Lewis is affirming the justice of God yeah, and yeah. the eternal wrath of God, unlike someone like a Clark Pinnock. So I think just to, I wanted to give that example to clarify what Aaron's getting is. you have to ask more questions to go, well, why is it that this person disagrees with me? on this, uh, on this second level matter is it because they disagree on the first level, or is it maybe in a misunderstanding or just this, a flat out disagreement we have on how to apply that first level, um, agreement we have mm-hmm. already. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's, that's a helpful way uh, to think through it. So, so Aaron, again, to remind our listeners, as we closed, uh, definition of heresy, how would you, uh, give like a one sentence, two sentence description of how to think through what is heresy? It is a belief that if you continue believing, you will
0: find your soul damned for eternity um, because it is (laughs) a a false gospel. It is a false teaching and it's something that uh, is contrary uh, to what God has revealed in his word.
1: Cool. That is good. So we, we pray that conversations like this help you to think clearly through the Bible. We we do these things, uh, We, as we, we always say, we, we want to love God, know truth, and help you live accordingly. Like, right? And mm-hmm. we want conversations like this to be clarifying, not so that they create more division. In fact, knowing who a heretic is, who is actually creating division, is important so that we can unify around true doctrine. Yeah. Uh, I think of Martin Lloyd-Jones would regularly say that unity without true doctrine is an oxymoron. It's not <laughs> yeah. a thing, right? You know, yeah. it's we must unify around the truth. And in order to unify around the truth and to know the truth and to live accordingly with the truth, you need to also know how to define the error, how Mm -hmm. to know what is false. And so we hope that conversations like this help you think through these matters and to with urgency desire to know the God of the Bible as he reveals himself and how he wants this world to work and how we must live in accordance uh, with what he has revealed. So Mm -hmm. we pray that this conversation helps you. And we want to charge you as always to love God no truth, and live accordingly.